This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Oli Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone, to the Meaningful Sports Series. We have a super interesting episode as we have a special guest. In this episode, I will take the role of the host and our normal host, Nora, will be more as a guest. Many people have actually been interested hearing Nora's own thoughts on meaningful sport. We are going to do this episode every now and then. In this particular episode, we are going to discuss craftsmanship. I was involved in a small study involving Nora and our colleagues, and I really think craftsmanship is a very interesting concept to approach lifelong sport participation. I've been doing sports on a daily basis for over 25 years and craftsmanship really resonates with my own thoughts related to training and practice of skill-based sports. So welcome Nora as a guest and let's, let's first talk about the background. How did you got interested in the concept of craftsmanship. Yeah, thanks Olli. It's super funny to be on this side. So typically I get to ask all the tricky questions and yeah, now it's your turn. So let's let's see how I'm doing today. But anyway, so I craftsmanship is the topic of one of our most recent articles on on meaning, meaningfulness in sport and just like you mentioned, that was for me also something that was a very interesting and and promising concept. And I got to know that maybe three years ago for the first time. So it's an old concept, but somehow I didn't get across to that. And, and we don't have like so many studies in, in sport and movement cultures yet. So... We did this little work with colleagues at John Moss University, and it was my colleague over there, Richard Tahtinen, who was doing a PhD at that time uh, over there. And he he came to Liverpool from Iceland, and he had done some work with his colleagues in Iceland, on, or he had been involved in some some projects that were looking at craftsmanship. And so he sent me this paper by Torlinson et al., where they are developing this first quantitative scale to measure and study craftsmanship. And I was really interested in this theory when I when I started reading that. So in my previous studies, I'm mainly a qualitative researcher and I have done a lot of interviews. And as we have discussed in this podcast several times already, and elsewhere as well, is that if you study meaning, meaningfulness, it's very difficult to ask people about that. Why is your sport meaningful? Is it meaningful? It's it's not very easy for people to say anything to something like that. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think I was looking for some a little bit more tangible framework, and I thought that craftsmanship gives like so many additional ideas and, and ways to ground your study and maybe 
ask some different questions in, in relation to meaning. And those theories of craftsmanship were so strongly talking about craftsmanship as something that makes your work more meaningful. So, yeah. so I thought that was quite a promising approach. And that's why we started doing some things together with, with colleagues at John Moss. Mm. So you feel that the craftsmanship and meaningful sport kind of overlaps nicely and gives a framework to ask ask about it in quantitative way. Yeah, I mean, most of the previous studies have actually been qualitative, so it gives you a framework to ask questions in a qualitative way as well. Mm. But so I think the background of our project as well was that it was nobody's main job. So we all had our own projects. So people had PhD projects. I had my postdoc project. And at that point, it was more like uh, we wanted to do some things together to combine our ideas of different things that people were working on. And using this quantitative approach at that point, we thought that it's more manageable that we can share the work and it's not that if you, one person is doing interviews, that's a massive amount of work. Mm. So doing that quantitative work was more like a practical solution at that point. We really wanted to explore ideas. We were very excited. And that was just a good way at that point to get something done on top of our other commitments. So kind of hobby research project, which was fun to do. Yeah, I mean, we had these meetings in this local cafe that was not far from the campus so we would have a coffee and cake and we would discuss some ideas and yeah it was good fun and other people involved who I haven't mentioned yet was Niels Feddersen he was also doing a PhD at that time uh, finished his work and he's now working in in Norway as a postdoc and then we had Michael McDougall who was also doing a PhD at John Moss but he was already at that time living in the US and working working there as well so Everybody had something else to do, but it was more about we were just really interested in exploring some ideas together. And then we did this on top of our other commitments. And it's only a small study. It's a very preliminary findings, but we wanted to put it out there. This is one interesting idea and maybe somebody will look into it and we will find something more. Or one of us maybe has some time to look into this more in the future also. Mm. And and if we go more into the concept of craftsmanship, so where does the concept come from and who are the key authors and, and what are the key ideas? Yeah, so there are several authors who have been writing about craftsmanship and the ones that I have read the most and I've been influenced the most are uh, Richard Sennett and his book The Craftsman. It was published in 2008, and there is a previous study in the sport and physical culture uh, done by Sinje Höber Larsen, where she looked at craftsmanship in parkour and how they learned the skill. And I hadn't seen that by the time we started exploring this idea, but I became aware of that uh, really brilliant work that she has done like quite quickly. And we are using that work extensively in our own own study as well. And Senior was using Senet's work as a grounding. And that has also inspired a lot of new interest in craftsmanship after that book came out. And then there is this earlier work, C. Wright Mills, uh, American sociologist. He had the book The White Collar, which was 
already published in I think 1951 was the first first edition and that was a very uh, that's one of the classics of sociology and I think one key thing uh, in both Senet and Mills is that craftsmanship and the way they write about it is is really in in connection to this alienation from work and and how the cultural organization of work how our institutions the way the social uh, world of work has been organized leads to alienation for for many people and it's 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 a sociological approach even if there are some psychological components we can talk about like flow and intrinsic motivation and those things more broadly but it's 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 really a cultural critique and 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 the works are a lot about like what are the structural what are the cultural forces that have alienated us from our work and i think that's really important for sport as well that we'll talk about that in a moment that if we think about the ways that our sports have been organized and maybe we discuss elite sport a little bit in in what follows from here but so if we look at the way that sports are culturally organized what are the power dynamics that are going on in in our sport cultures i wouldn't be surprised that there are these forces that lead to alienation of athletes and and there is some work on that of course as well like uh, martin roderick is one one of the sociologists in a sport context who have written about athletes and and the way they become alienated from from what they do hmm. so yeah i think we can talk like a few words of both of these key thinkers and I was reading Mills back when we were working on the article and actually I was coming back to that uh, book, The White Collar, during the Christmas period a few months ago. So basically the book, The White White Collar, is really a study of social alienation and and how we lose ownership of our work in in the world of uh, like increasing rationalization and the rise of bureaucracies and and this world of of advanced capitalism and he's talking about things like salesmanship mentality and and he's talking about this personality market where we are all trying to sell our products but we are actually also trying to sell ourselves and and kind of how our relationships becomes instrumental that we are trying to use people to you know achieve what we want but also how we can become alienated from ourselves as a kind of outcome or from the way that the world of work is and it's quite interesting to think that this book was written something like 70 years ago and this was before we are now all over in you know all these social media places and yeah, I I think not not all of the book like some of it is no longer relevant when he's talking about the way that American society has changed that time, but a lot of other parts are really it makes you think today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and one of the things are that jobs are cut into small pieces and you don't see the whole, you don't see 
what you do and I, I kind of feel it and now for example we do the podcasting and we actually control the whole thing from planning to publishing and we have all the decision making power and I think it's empowering it's it's nice to be be able to do the whole whole circle and just not small part so I, I think it really resonates well that it's how what he's he's talking about in the book yeah um there are some sections on universities as well and academics and I think that's quite interesting self-reflection for all of us to read read those parts as well and just like you said in this bureaucratic organizations like basically we are no longer in control of things like and whereas in this podcast now that we can be crafting our podcast the way we want we can be developing it to whatever direction we can be setting the problems we can be setting what we are trying to achieve mm. and and we can be modifying the process as we go mm. whereas in a lot of organizations and in these bureaucratic institutions you can't really modify what you're doing or you cannot be really changing your goals and you might not be able to change your processes that much either so i mean mills was some parts of the craftsmanship in the text he's mentioning that that was the ideal that is from the past and he was wondering if anyone anymore even recognizes that that kind of ideal exists whereas i think senate has a little bit more positive tone that he's He's saying that, yes, we have these forces in our society that can lead to this alienation, but he considered craftsmanship as something that is like an innate desire in all of us. And, and for Senet, like in, in a very basic form, he talks about craftsmanship as, as just this desire to do something well for its own sake. And, and that's the key idea that, that he brings to it that and other things he's saying something that the craftsman is is this kind of condition or human condition of being engaged so that's when we are drawn into the task we are doing we are trying to understand how it works in this more holistic way we feel that we own our craft and we take pride from doing it well so it's not just a job that needs to be done but it's also in some ways an expression of of who we are and now we do have these studies in different contexts that are looking at there was a finnish study on like textile crafting that was out some years ago and and i think in iceland there have been some studies on fishermen and their craftsmanship so craftsmanship wouldn't be something that is like long time gone and not relevant to us anymore but it's more something that we are we have the desire to do this but maybe we are looking for ways to express it that maybe it is then our leisure activities and our freely chosen activities if we are not able to express it in our work so that's maybe one thing why i think it could be relevant to sport and non-professional sport so yeah very very interesting so senet was saying that craftsmanship is to do something well for its own sake could we be more a little bit more specific what are the other things that kind of define craftsmanship 
Yeah. So Mills also talked about craftsmanship. He had a little bit more specific. I mean, Senet's whole book obviously develops the idea in in more detail. Mm. But so I think some important ideas already in 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 Mills book is that he he basically has the same idea that there is no like ulterior motive in the work than than the product being made and and the process of working working on that so i mean that links to ideas of intrinsic motivation in psychology and that aspect is also in the craftsmanship scale that we will talk about later on mills talks about that the worker is able to control his own working actions. So it's what we talked about bureaucracies that we are no longer have many choices in terms of how we work. But in in the craftsmanship ideal, we are in 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 charge or in control of our work. So mm-hmm. we can we can go about it in different ways. Mills also emphasizes the learning aspect. So as we work, we learn something new, and we develop our skills all the time as we go and i think that's one of the really important parts of the meaningful work literature that if we don't see that we develop in anything when we are working then it's more difficult to see meaning in that work so kind of lifelong learning with this lifelong learning yeah and i mean as an athlete if you're participating in sport it's so easy to see that if you have been practicing a skill for a month or three months, or sometimes it takes you a year, mm. you see that you can do it better than what you used to do before. So in some martial arts, we've talked about it, that there is the saying that it takes you 10 years to learn the basics. Mm. So it's not like a quick, quick process. And I think that's part of the craftsmanship idea that it's something that takes time that you don't become a master or a skilled craftsman in anything in in a week or a month mm. but it really gives you this really long perspective of being a beginner or senet talks about being an apprentice and you are learning from the master and then slowly as you go through practicing failing trying again then you slowly start to learn learn the skill and and learn the craft Hmm. and for mills craftsmanship was also something that is is really like a mode of living so you have this craftsmanship mentality so it's it's not just that now i'm learning a skill but i think it's it seems to be more like a identity or the way you approach the world Hmm. and i wouldn't see it such a I mean, we could think about craftsmanship in very like mundane daily activities that, you know, you could try to clean your house well just for its own sake. Mm. And and you can find meaning from that as well, that it's not just something that is this nuisance that you have to do, but you can also get carried away in something like that. Mm. And, so so yeah. kind of Zen approach that whatever you do, you do it wholeheartedly, you pay attention to it you you don't just do things with the kind of left-handed but you just concentrate on it you you fully immerse yourself when doing it yeah i I think it's not like a 
million miles away from that approach like hmm. not not at all and i guess one thing added what mills was saying in the book so there is a sentence something like there is no split of work and play of work and culture so what he was saying that people can no longer find this meaning and fulfillment of from work so they will look for it elsewhere and that's what he thought that was the result of the way that our work has become like bound to these bureaucratic institutions whereas in craftsmanship you wouldn't see the work as being this necessary evil and if we think about that so there is no split of work and play i think in a sport context it's interesting how we talk about athletes that they have to be working so hard especially in elite sport you have to work hard but then at the same time sport is also play Mm. playing so i think when we are doing sport if we think that we are working really hard that then brings these ideas about you know there is some sense of alienation maybe typically the connotations of work is something that work is something you have to do Mm. and so whereas playing is something that you want to do Mm. yeah yeah. sorry i I think there's a bit of split in football soccer that Mm. in in latin american countries they see it more like a playfulness and usually they are maybe a little bit more skilled like brazilian footballers than and then when you think Germany or England, that it's kind of work. And I think there's a different approach in things. And I think it's somehow probably related to culture, how they how they view life. Yeah, and also, well, the Protestant countries and the Protestant work ethic, and you have to work hard and everything. And is it also because athletes, if people thought that they are just playing and having fun, Maybe it wouldn't be taken so seriously as a profession. And so now that we were just watching the skiing championships and everybody who was interviewed is that was just saying that there are like, you always have to work hard. There are no free medals. Mm -hmm. So everything you ever achieve is going to be this result of this really hard work. Mm -hmm. So they are really emphasizing that work aspect of the sport. So that's that's quite interesting also. And yeah, maybe just you mentioned this Zen, that is there something related to Zen? And when I was working on this craftsmanship paper that we published last year, I I also it reminded me of this (laughs) this older book like the Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which was it was written by Robert. And I think for all of us who have sometimes tried to get the paper published, I, it's the background story is quite important that this book that is a bestseller and it's extremely well known across the world, it was rejected 121 times by different publishing houses before it finally got published. That's, that's what I found when I was looking for like background information. And so I think that gives us some hope as academics that if your paper is rejected like one, two, three, four times, 
Like somebody else still tried like over a hundred times, and, mm. and and if nobody reads, maybe they read it in in hundred years, maybe. It yeah, so we can all then. think that the work that we've produced and it hasn't been like that well in received or nobody was interested. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe our brilliant ideas will be recognized in seventy years from now or something like that. Exactly. Anyway, this book reminded me like. In this book, the main character is looking for something mystical called the quality of things. And there is this metaphysics of quality going on. And, and there's a lot of, um, like he's searching for that. So he, he's looking for quality, but then it's something that cannot be found or it cannot be pinned down. So we, we know when we see quality, but if you want to be like putting it into pieces and what are the components of quality, then it starts to dissolve and we are not able to really say what it is. And are we able to produce quality? How does somebody learn to produce quality things? And I've seen like a couple of links made to craftsmanship, like nothing very systematic, but I think it's, it's the same idea that craftsmanship is something that we are striving for quality and we probably recognize what is quality, but the difficulty of craftsmanship is that you cannot typically these skills or how you produce that quality in your craft is very difficult to pin down or you cannot write a textbook of how to become a craftsman. So. Like Senet's examples, he's talking about the Stradivari violins and, and how the master took the secret of how to produce this perfect violin. He took it to his grave. He couldn't teach it to someone. And when we are thinking of martial arts as well, and for example, in China, there has been the worry that now that young people are not taking up the practice of martial arts in the same way, now some of this knowledge and skill and this expertise in martial arts is going to disappear mm. because you need these young people who will become apprentice and, and it is something that you learn by working with the master, learning from the master, but it's not something that you can just write the book and give it to the next generation and there it is. So, mm. yeah. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.